Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. This episode contains explicit language. Welcome to Mom and Daughter Fighting Slate's parenting podcast for Monday, April 4th, the Cherishing Your Childless Friends edition. I'm Elizabeth Newcamp. I write the homeschool and family travel blog, Dutch Dutch Goose. I'm the mom to three littles, Henry, who's nine, Oliver, who's seven, and Teddy, who's five. And we live in Colorado Springs, Colorado. I'm Zach Rosen. I make a podcast called The Best Advice Show, and I live in Detroit with my family. My daughter Noah is four, and Ami is one. I'm Jamila Lemieux. I'm a writer, contributor to Slate's Care and Feeding Parenting column, and mom to Naima, who is nine, and we live in Los Angeles, California. Welcome to our first Monday episode. (laughs) Well, this Monday, we're going to be tackling a really good question. Our listener isn't a parent, but all of her friends are. She's feeling a little left behind and unappreciated. Is there a way to rekindle the friendship and make sure all parties feel valued, parent or not? We'll also do a round of recommendations, but first, let's dive into our mailbag. Hey guys, I just wanted to throw in my two cents in the discussion of Zach's daughter's behavior. As a parent, I think it might help to remind her of the great friend she usually is. That is something that helps with the squabbles my two kids have and had at four and recognizing the need of kids themselves for a loving timeout. It might work to go out with her to ride a bike and go back inside to be a friend in a little while. Good luck and thanks for the wonderful podcast. Zach, have you tried anything? Did this magically disappear? Thank you, uh, listener and Elizabeth, for asking. Uh, yes, it pretty much disappeared. There's <laughs> there's still an occasional like uh, salty moment from her, but it's not it, it, it's not like the kind of relentless behavior that that she was exhibiting while we were having the sleepover and again i think it really was a byproduct of us being in a house with her best friend for like what was it like 48 hours in a row but this is a great reminder and and you're totally right so thank you for writing in listener jamila was right too much of a good thing jamila's always right trust jamila Well, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we'll get into today's listener question. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This podcast is sponsored by Cloud Optimizer. As a business owner or IT manager, are your cloud investment costs going up and you don't know why? It's time for Cloud Optimizer. As you migrate your business to the cloud, what you're spending and why you're spending it can get a little hazy. But Cloud Optimizer clears up the mystery and puts the cloud to work for you. Cloud Optimizer starts by analyzing usage patterns, right-sizing resources, leveraging discounts you may not be aware of, implementing automation, and much more. And by reducing unnecessary expenses and maximizing performance, Cloud Optimizer guarantees you a savings of five times what you spend for their service. 
As you utilize cloud-based services more and more, you don't have to lose sight or control of your spend. You can stay agile, streamline your costs, and optimize your performance, plus save significant money with Cloud Optimizer. Make the cloud work for you with Cloud Optimizer. Get a free assessment and find out how much you can save by going to cloudoptimizer.com. Go to cloudoptimizer.com for your free assessment. That's cloudoptimizer.com. We're back and ready to hear today's question, which is being read as always by the fabulous Shasha Leonard. Hi, Jamila, Elizabeth, and Zach. Really enjoying your work and all of your contributions to the pod. I'm in particular a big fan of Elizabeth and Jamila's friendship. You're both so generous to and interested in each other, and I definitely try to enact that in my own friendships. Okay, so here's my question. I'm a child-free woman in my 40s, and I've tried to be a good friend to my parent friends over the years. I try to be supportive, socializing in a way that fits into their lives, offering a shoulder and an ear, as well as practical support. I also listen to a few parenting podcasts, so I have more of an insight into the broader experience of parents in our culture. But here's the thing. I just made a piece of art. A big one. My first ever an album of music, and I shared it with them, and nothing. Here's the stats. I shared it with five child-free friends, and four of them responded in some way, acknowledging my effort. I shared it with four friends with kiddos, and only one responded. And I've been through all the cycle of imagining all the reasons they might not have been able to listen and respond. Pandemic, life, not knowing what to say about someone's art they don't like, but I can't help but feel hurt. I know that those reasons I listed, pandemic and life, are big and legitimate. I get it. I think that some of this hurt is a hangover from when I threw a graduation party when I got my PhD in my early 30s. And despite having spent years going to other people's parties for weddings and babies, christenings, neither of which I was ever going to have for myself, I was surprised by how many people didn't bother coming. Maybe I'm just less popular than I think, and maybe people hate the music, but then there's still ways to acknowledge effort. I was wondering what you guys think about all of this. How do you guys make sure you honor your friendships with non-parents? I can't help but feel some of the signals I'm getting both culturally and personally. That if I haven't made babies, I haven't made anything important. Thanks. Keep up the great work. What you do is important, and you all bring such compassion and humor. It makes me want you to adopt me. Love, Forgot About Dre. Forgot About Dre. This is a really, really resonant letter. Thank you for writing in. And I'm so sorry that your parent friends didn't acknowledge this massive project that you undertook. That I totally understand why you felt hurt, and that's, that's legit. The parents who are so self-involved that they like forget about their childless friends is a very real thing. I'm guilty of being that parent sometimes, and it's really obnoxious. Because you're right, being a parent isn't the most important thing. It might be a very important thing, but deciding not to have kids is such a legitimate and righteous decision. I get why there is this this discord. I don't think there has to be, but I think us parents have to be super intentional about checking in with our childless friends. And so I think it's totally legit to let your friends know that you have been hurt. 
I think that because they're so self-involved, and again, I've been there, they're going to just have totally, they're going to feel bad and just be like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I was, you know, wrapped up in my own shit. And I, hopefully they will be glad that you have reached out to tell them that you're hurt. Um, And it's also a pretty good barometer for like, who are the people that are going to take that note, that critique well? Those that are like, disappointed that you're hurt like i don't know if you want to be in a relationship with them to the extent that you have been in the past but i think the good friends are going to hear you and try to make amends it doesn't mean and i know that you know this it doesn't mean that they're just going to like start having a bunch of free time um but still they hopefully will start to prioritize some stuff outside their family because i know that if i you know put everything on what's happening inside my own home and inside my own life, it's it's not a, a, a great mode to be in. Like when I am in relationship with people outside my nuclear family, that's when I am at my best. Um, and, and it's easy to forget that because um, there's so much like day-to-day stuff to, to handle. So I think you as that kind of outside person, you are a lifeline to your friends. You're not a burden. I agree. I think this is a really great question. I think it's a really great reminder for people with children that, you know, to check in on and evaluate our friendships with people who don't have children, particularly those who've been there for us, who've gone to our baby showers and children's birthday parties and have shown up for our kids' lives. I -hmm. think It's worth considering that your friends with children that have fallen short in their obligations to your friendship have likely also fallen short in their obligations to their friends who also have children. Um, Mm -hmm. I am not Mm -hmm. the friend that I once was, period. You know, Um, there may be times where like two people who have kids forge a relationship that is somehow connected by the fact that you're parents. And so maybe you become reliant upon one another or you talk about certain things together. So you stay connected more so than you do with your child-free friends. But again, I think in general, um, when it comes to supporting people's work and the things that they're doing, I don't think that the sort of guilt that you might feel for missing the birth of a child is there for most of us for missing the release of an album. And that's not to say it isn't a significant achievement, you know, but just that I think most of us do need this reminder to check in on our friends. And as Zach Mm -hmm. said, you know, you'll have this conversation with people and the ones that are able to receive it are the ones that are really down for you, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, because you're again, you're not condemning them or criticizing them. You're saying that you feel hurt, you know, that you want them to be celebratory of your accomplishments too and that you miss having their support you know in your life as opposed to pointing a finger and saying that they've done something wrong you know um i I think that yours is a perspective that's just too easy for us to forget about now i will say as somebody who i'm a writer it's not the same kind of creative um but i i create things in public at times um for the consumption of others you know which is a difficult task to do and i have 
often wanted more support from my friends for my work. I don't typically look to them for it. I haven't known how to ask. Early in my career, I would say, you know, I'd send out emails saying, if you don't comment on my article, they'll never let me write again. I need your support. But, you know, Mm -hmm. once I was a working writer, I didn't really feel as comfortable and and had a platform. I didn't feel as comfortable saying, hey, I need you to engage with my work. I need you to engage with my work. And so now I'm at a point where I'm like, yeah, I I wish that some of my closest friends were as enthusiastic about the things that I do as people who don't know me from a can of paint, who support everything I do and write. And so I think you have to let your friends know that you would like to be supported by them, you know, and not just by saying, hey, I put out this piece of work, support it. Here's my SoundCloud, you know, but by saying directly like, hey, you know, this is a big deal for me. And you do have to deal with the possibility that some of them may not have enjoyed the music. You know, that's (laughs) as somebody who has dated a lot of musicians and has had musician friends, that's always a really complicated, tricky thing, you know, because like art is very subjective and people will love you and not love your work. I understand that some of my friends don't necessarily agree with the things I say in my writing. And part of the reason they might not really want to engage with it is that they don't want to have to deal with the fact that they just don't see the world the same way that I do. So don't like it. I think that's something to take into consideration, too. But you cannot be a fan of someone's tunes and acknowledge what it took for them to put together an album and let them know that you're proud of them, which is what you were looking for. And so, uh, you know, have the conversation. Both of your points about asking for what you need, both in the, hey, I was disappointed when you, you know, weren't there. I really read this to be it's not even that they didn't show up. It was like. If you're not going to come, you know, send something, a text, flowers, yeah. something, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm proud of you. And, and Jamil, I think that point is really important that you can ask them, that you need to ask them to support you and ask for what you need because we're all adults with a lot going on and being able to say, I need you for this, mm-hmm. even if that's just, you know, pushing like on something, making that clear what you need. You know, friendship as an adult is is so hard um, because there are so many taxes on our time and it's easy to let, like, friends go by, by the wayside. And I, I think that's part of it, too, is that if you reach out to these friends and you don't get anything back or you get something that's incredibly defensive, it is okay to let them sink into the background for a while. It is It is okay to have friends that, we're here then are sort of gone like that is that is all okay and I release Mm -hmm. you from feeling like I've had this friend forever they had kids we drifted apart and now we still need to be these best friends they that may just not be who this person is to you anymore and that's okay I also think that you can have different expectation for friends like if if you look at your friend group and what you have is not people that are showing up for you go find those people who are going to show up for you and add them and again that doesn't devalue those other friendships you had but it's okay also to kind of say i need someone who has the same time constraints and is gonna come to all this stuff and i'm gonna go to their stuff and they're here at a drop of a dime like find those those people it sounds like you do a lot of of the hard work like you're listening to parenting podcasts to try to offer good advice like Mm -hmm. you are an amazing friend you should have amazing friends in return and you deserve amazing friends so go (laughs) go find those people tell the people that you were disappointed you know in a very non-judgmental way and that you need them to be there i would guess that a bunch of them did not even realize that it was important and and that is terrible um but also kind of 
sometimes being an adult. Um, and I think it is a good litmus test, like Zach said, to see who's still there, who feels bad, who wants to make amends and and move forward. I'm realizing that the pandemic, an unintended consequence of the pandemic is that it has made us a flaky people. Yeah. I mean, yep. I'll speak for myself. Like, I've, we kind of like have to like relearn some some social, social stuff. skills. Um, like I'm ex- not I'm not just exhausted at the end of the day as a parent, but I'm just like not used to like oh yeah RSVPing and like going out to things. Like mm-hmm. we need to kind of step back into the water. And in that sense, like perhaps you know not I'm not making excuses for your parenting friends, but like perhaps we all just need a little um, reminder of like what it means to be a social animal again. I want I felt like this is a good thing to say to like all the parents who are listening to this and like, oh, my gosh, this is me like right now or tonight when you're sitting in the room because you're waiting for your kids to fall asleep or you're sitting in carpool, whenever that is, pull out your phone, text that person. Just, mm. hey, I was thinking about you. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think any chance you can take, there's a lot of these small moments in our parenting lives that we kind of don't know what to do with where we're like stuck. And if you can just take eight minutes and instead of scrolling Instagram aimlessly, just like shoot off a text to these people. I have Mm -hmm. found that my relationship with friends that do not have kids is like such a good for those moments in which you either don't want to do anything related to your kids and you want to go out and not have to talk about kids like that's great. But also they're a great like completely fresh perspective of someone that is not also in these trenches, right? They're in they're in other trenches. You're going to hear about other stuff. So making sure that you still have them in your life, I think, is is important, too. And listen, we are all bad friends like all the time. So it is okay if you realize that you're a bad friend to just send a text message and say, hey, we haven't talked in a while. I feel like a bad friend. I don't even know that you have to give an excuse as much as just like reach out frequently, make use of those little moments you have just to say, I'm thinking about you. Hey, I remembered you had this going on. How did that turn out? Even if that was months ago, right? Even if this PhD thing was three years ago and you never asked, just ask about it now. Little text goes a long way. I just wanted to thank you, Letter Writer, for all your kind words and for supporting yeah. the show. Yeah. Um, and you are an awesome friend. Like, that you listen to a parenting podcast. I, you listening. Yeah. I yeah. think says a whole lot um, mm-hmm. about who you want to be for the people in your life. And like Elizabeth said, you definitely deserve to have that in return. And I hope that you're able to find that. Even just yeah. the way they wrote the email. Don't you feel like I read it and I was like, this is a good person. I know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we like you. Yeah. We like you, Dre. We're proud of you. I feel like we should say, congratulations. A PhD is like a baby in so many ways. (laughs) So good job. We hope this helped. Please keep us posted on how it goes. Everyone else, if you have a question for us, email us at slate.com. Nickelodeon's got your preschoolers covered from sunrise to bedtime with four brand new podcasts. Grab their backpack and go on a culinary quest with Dora's Recipe for Adventure. Make game time great time with Let's Guess Who with Josh and Blue. And tuck in for adventure with Nickelodeon's Goodnight Bedtime Stories. Plus, we've got a brand new season of Storytime with Josh and Blue. Search Nickelodeon on your favorite podcast app to listen. Okay, it is finally time for some recommendations. Zach, what do you have for us? I am recommending a movie this week that was up for Best Picture. It didn't win. But I found it. It just uh, it leveled me. It's called The Lost Daughter. Has anyone watched it yet? No. No. It's Maggie Gyllenhaal's directorial debut. It's starring Olivia Coleman and Jesse Buckley. 
uh, Ed Harris is in it, and it's based on the uh, Elena Ferrante novel of the same name. It's on Netflix now. But oh my god, um, what can I say about it? So Olivia Coleman is a forty-eight-year-old um, with with two grown kids. She's on vacation on this Greek island, and she encounters um, a younger family, uh, particularly a young mother. Uh, played by Dakota Johnson, um, who has her four-year-old with her. And her four-year-old is just driving her mom crazy, driving Dakota Johnson's character crazy. And it's one of the only movies I've seen that handles this thing that we feel as parents all the time so beautifully. This like, I cannot fucking do this for another second. Mm -hmm. You are exhausting me to the point of you know, depression, you know, homicidal ideations, like, and I love you so much. Yeah. But this is really hard. And I love you, but maybe parenting is 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 too hard for me. Maybe I wasn't cut out to be a parent. Like, all of these feelings that, that mothers have, I mean, I've had them in particular as a, as a father as well, but, like, it's just portrayed so um, evocatively. And it's kind of, the, the, this, this film is kind of a thriller, um, and so it's not just the parenting things, but there's this kind of, uh, you know, noirish layer running underneath. But all the performances are amazing. Uh, Olivia Coleman deserves all the accolades she gets. Whew. Wow, it's great. And and uh, it's it's again, it's set on this Greek island, so it'll give you a little bit of that, um, like feeling like you can take feed a little that, trip from your, from your couch. <laughs> yep, exactly. Um, yeah, it's it's quite good heavy 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 let me know if you see it i'll let you know I, it sounds like something actually jeff and i would watch together which sometimes that that intersection is, is quite difficult <laughs> to mm-hmm. find something we both want to watch but it sounds really good jamila what are you recommending for us my recommendation is pretty heavy too i'm recommending a new book called the emergency a year of healing and heartbreak in a chicago er and it's by mm. thomas fisher dr thomas fisher even though he's too cool to put his credentials on the book who is an er doctor and he is the older brother of one of my best friends. And his best friend, Ta-Nehisi Coates, writes the foreword, um, which Aww. is, like, pretty cool. Um, I just started it. It's really interesting so far. Tommy is an ER doctor in a hospital that deals with a lot of um, trauma and tragedy in Chicago on the South Side. And he, you know, was my homegirl's cool older brother growing up you know he's always been you know just enough older than us to like think of us as being like super corny and childish and so it's so cool to see him you know uh not only is this great doctor and this person who's doing this important work in the community but you know cataloging some of the stories and experiences that he's had um with dealing with that sort of crises that you're up against um performing medicine under those circumstances so check it out it's available um right now wherever books are sold the emergency by thomas fisher great sounds really good um 
I'm recommending. So I, I did not fit the theme. I'm recommending something light and crazy. It is spring. I always think that this is the time to plant something with your kids. And I know mm-hmm. you're thinking like, oh, it's still cold. No, you want to start planting stuff inside with your kids. It does better. They can watch it. You can plant a little window garden. There's all, I mean, you can just get some soil and literally some beans and tape them to your windowsill in a plastic bag. Um, put a little water in there and they will grow in their own little habitat taped up there. I'm a huge fan of the Back to the Roots. They have all kinds of great kits. The um, Kitchen Garden has done well for us. We've tried their Mushroom Garden, all kinds of things. But what I really like about them is if your seeds don't grow, you email them and they will um, replace them until you get something to grow, even if it was entirely your fault. So that's great. If you do not know what you are doing, they guarantee that they will sprout. So that's great. They have everything you need in the kit. Um, You can also, our favorite KiwiCo has a box with everything in it that you can do for a little window Mm. garden. But it's really great. I, I really love this time of year for doing stuff with the kids and getting those seeds. And if you really get them started inside, you can move them to outside pots by the time it gets warm. I mean, you'll have a a lovely, a lovely garden growing. We actually planted some peas, um, peas, beans. I don't actually know what they are, but we actually have beans on there inside already. So they have taken off. They're really enjoying the nice temperatures inside my house and regular waterings because I can see them from the kitchen. So I've really set myself up for success um, and let the kids plant all kinds of stuff. So I encourage you to do that. I also ordered tadpoles. Um, They haven't come yet, (laughs) so stay tuned. But my spring aquatics include some tadpoles. We'll see how that goes. So you got worms, you got tadpoles. I have two. I also have two mealworms that are have are changing into beetles. Oh no! One of the first shows I had with Jamila, I I think I, I remember growing, growing like caterpillars, ladybug. No, it was praying was mantises. Like a, I, think. I thought it was worms. Oh, it might have been. It was, th- yeah, c- caterpillars. I watched them right turn into butterflies. I also did praying mantises. I thought it was worms. I do have worms. I do have worms. I have a worm bin, and now I have worms that we're watching turn into beetles. That's and what I remember, the worm bin. I'm feeding bin. two grubs that my children found because they want to see what they turn into. So, guys, I had to, while we were gone, hire someone to come feed the insects. That's how insane it's gotten <laughs> oh here. I paid someone else to come into my house <laughs> and feed bugs. That is a commitment. That's a new to level. Bugs. Yes. So listen, while I'm doing tadpoles, if you're too scared, put some beans in the window. It's real. It's fun. It's fun even for adults. Everyone should grow something. I think it's like Agreed. a great connection to to the earth. So yeah. that's it for our show. We will be back in your feeds on Thursday, so don't miss it. If you have any thoughts, suggestions, or even any advice of your own, we're all ears. Also, if you rely on this show for parenting advice, consider signing up for Slate Plus. It's the best way to support the show. Members will never hear another ad on any other Slate podcast, and you'll get bonus content on the show or your other Slate favorites. To sign up now, go to slate.com slash plus. Again, that's slate.com slash plus. This episode of Mom and Dad Are Fighting is produced by Rosemary Belson. For Jamila Lemieux and Zach Rosen, I'm Elizabeth Newcamp. Thanks for listening. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. 
Chumba. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.